This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Throw gang, we are joined by the head honcho of the Hawkeye State, the Admiral of Americana. He must put the Iowa in ayahuasca because we're fucking with the vision. The maestro of menswear, the king of collabs. You thought Justice League was long? This Snyder Cut has lasted 10 damn years. The Iowa State motto is our liberties we prize are our pork, Slipknot, and Todd Snyder. We will maintain Hey, bartender. Jack Purcell collab, graduating summa cum laude from Ralph Lauren University, designer of his eponymous brand, Todd Snyder. Wow, that's <laughs> I was, was going to say, Todd, can you put us uh, in touch with your, your your pals at the CFDA? I think we might need we might need some hosting gigs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the next, maybe, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> How are you doing? Good morning, sir. Yeah, very good. How are you? <laughs> good, Todd. The first thing we want to do uh, for the audience at home is a little fit check, where you are going to walk us through the totality of your outfit, so the audience at home can paint the picture of what you've got on. The question for you, sir, is: Do you want to start top down, or do you want to go bottom up? That's a, quite an innuendo. Um, I think I'll do top down. Oh, mm. all right. That's that's the Rare wrong choice. answer. You're supposed to, you're supposed to go bottom up, so. especially with the shoe club coming out. That we're going to talk about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I always leave the best for last. You know? Oh, okay. All right. that's, hey, that's totally fair. So let's start with the It's spectacles. like a runway show, right? Yeah, hey. sure. Let's start with the spectacles, sir. So I am wearing a, a pair of green, uh, almost like tortoise. Uh, they're called um, Zilch uh, Moscots. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Since classic, 1920. Yeah, classic New York institution. Very yeah. brand. We carry them in our store. We actually have a, a Moscot shop in our store. And oh, shit. Yeah, I've been uh, huge fans of theirs ever since. Uh, gosh, my days at J. Crew back in like early two thousand. Did uh, is that the your signature style? You wear the the zilch you said, or what was it? Yeah, the zilch is is the frame itself is discontinued, which is a bummer. But I oh, did shit. Um, when I I did a collab with them, boy, four or five years ago, and we did this olive is is my signature color. So it's just kind of cool. How many pairs do you have on ice? Because I, you know, yeah. glasses you, break, you they to, get lost. Yeah, you get to steal arsenal? all the. Do you get to steal the PR samples? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah I cheaper. wish. Um, they they're expensive. I mean, I think yeah, they, they are. are little bit of a discount but <laughs> i usually walk out of that place because once i get my uh prescription updated i walk out with probably like six or seven that i have to do because i right. i everywhere you know yeah, but man, man's blowing a bag of moss you're, you're you're a bulk buyer i mean that's just smart <laughs> shopping i i get that 100 percent. and then uh what's the uh, is that like a chambray shirt what do we got on top uh, this is uh my todd snyder um chambray shirt it's um made of albiati italian mm. cotton so it's got yeah. a Washes down like perfectly and has a great um, hand to it. It's just like my favorite go-to item. A little high-low, a workwear silhouette in a very nice Italian fabric. That's what we're all about here. A little high, low, low. Yeah, exactly. And then with my uh, melamine buttons, uh, which are actually uh, flame-proof or something, it's great. They're the military uh, grade back in the day. So they think you're the first guest who has ever shouted out the maker of their buttons, which I think is going to set this pot up. It's all about the details. <laughs> That's what Todd is a details guy. And this is going to be a very detail oriented podcast. And then uh, what's uh, you have on uh, what, what's uh, I don't know if you're like wearing no pants because we're on Zoom. I don't know what the, what the deal is, but no, I got, I got a pair of my um, we call them our traveler trousers. They're okay. actually 
ways for the drawstring and oh yeah perfect for the airport like a little single pleat uh, nice a little bit cropped and then a little bit of a drop crotch too so it's a little mm. bit more relaxed sure um uh, and and then uh or what is uh the footwear we got socks on and then we'll, i'm very curious about the grand finale here on the feet i mean i'm a pretty classic guy i mean i'm obsessed right now with uh nike blazers i feel like oh shit yeah yeah i feel classic. I probably have ordered custom pairs probably, I don't know, 10 times. I just, I love like them. Nike ID. Nike ID. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, can you describe the ones that you have on today? I just did. Um, the ones I made were just a, a white, um, Napa leather. And then I did a suede, um, kind of eye stays and a toe. Um, nice. toe so, and just a white, white sole, but, um, yeah. And with black, with black swoosh and nice. sides black, the other side's, uh, a gray swipe. Oh, um, Nike ID is pretty, pretty sick. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, especially the, the blazer to me right now is probably one of the coolest, but also a bit underrated as sure. far as you know, everybody's wearing air force, obviously, but, right. um, the blazer to me just, shows you got you got game i just i just love that you todd snyder professional designer use nike id just like a fucking 14 year old kid who's listening to the show which he is like nike id is the great equalizer <laughs> you know i mean like you know i i shop on stop x but the best is is doing it yourself and and yeah you know nike when new balance had they had to shut their um right nike or new balance um made in USA for a bit. So, cause they're kind of dealing with a lot of COVID issues and, and all that. But anyway, Nike ID has been my go-to um, for the last year. You, know, you kind of get bored. You're like, Oh man, right. sure. what's up? What's the most, cause you mentioned stock What's what's the most you've ever spent on a pair of sneakers? The most, I think the most I ever spent was, I probably have to say these guys, I'll show them to you. These are my, um, my Jordan, Oh yeah. Oh right. The the half bread, half Chicago. How much were those? These I think I spent six hundred bucks on. Yeah. Have you yeah. we were on StockX yesterday and uh your nine ninety V threes, one of the colorways is currently the lowest ask is three grand over three yeah. grand. Really? Is that like does that blow your mind? You might you should flip some pairs, Todd. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you, if you need some cash, but if you're sitting on any, yeah, you get, that, sell get that get that we work office upgrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get out of my little office i'm gonna i'm gonna go four seater right yeah have you do you check the resale prices on your your collab yeah, shit yeah because we do because we do sure. yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely one of those things that's a really cool uh you know if you're feeling a bit down uh <laughs> it makes you perk up a bit yeah for sure it's when definitely you, flat you remind we yourself away. That, when you need to remind yourself that you still got the juice exactly Exactly. Um, and then, and then finally top or not finally, but you, I see a watch. What's the idea on that guy? Um, this guy is a, an actual, it's a tutor. It's a, Ooh, a ranger. Okay. I, yeah. I got this about gosh, uh, five, six years ago. Mm, they, tutor's, uh, tutor's hot in the streets right now. They're killing it. Great. I mean, I, I just think they're, again, they're kind of like underrated kind yeah. of classic. Obviously I don't know if most people know they're owned by Rolex, yeah. but um, they redid their, kind of assortment about, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And they started looking back at some of the classics that they were doing and just been to me, Ranger kind of looks like uh, an old Explorer. Yeah. Um, Rolex Explorer, but the Ranger I think was, I think came out in the seventies. I'm not, mis- if I'm not mistaken under Tudor and it's just a classic watch. It's, it's, it's a bit bigger. I think the, 
it's like a 44 millimeter, I think, but it's, you know, if, it's if a any nice. Tutor, if any tutor reps are listening, everybody on this podcast would love uh, maybe a black bay. You could just throw <laughs> our way, you know, just, just been that there. And then uh, I guess finally, Todd, we ask every guest, what are, what are the panties? What underwear do you rock every day? I wear my J crew boxers. 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 Wow. Okay. Yes. Boxers, man. Big wow. win for the ball, for the baggy ball boys. We have a boxer, boxer men over here and then boxer briefs up above, yeah. but uh, it's a bit of an ongoing rivalry. Rivalry some, of nuts. Todd, Todd is the devil's in the details. This man mm. knows his shit. And guess what? He's wearing boxers. We are go. in rare company here. That does speak volumes, but I think that is a complete fit check. And then I saw Todd was sipping on for anyone who wants the drink check. I think that was a Coke, is that a Coke zero. What is that? Yeah. There you go. The All right, Todd. Um, <laughs> That is a complete fit check. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So first off, breaking news. Well, I guess everyone knows at this point because uh, this yeah. podcast is coming out in a few weeks. You and Converse have a Jack Purcell collab dropping May 20th. Why did you choose Jack Purcell? Like, why that model specifically? Because you're very intentional with your collaborations. Well, you know, Jack Purcell to me has always embodied cool. And um I think ever since I, you know, started in the fashion industry, it's like the one sneaker you can grab uh, and style it many different ways. You can either, you know, wear it with shorts, you can wear it with a suit. And I think just because it, it is a cleaner uh, design with the the midsole and everything's just the kind of off-white and then you do the blue sole um that to me was always the classic thing. And then you had that little bit of the smile on the toe that just kind of was a wink to classic style. And I still remember seeing, you know, old photos of Steve McQueen, know, right? McQueen loved them. Yeah. Dean, James Dean wore them. And I, I heard actually when I was talking to the guys up in Boston about it, cause that's where they're based um, that uh, Ray and Charles Eames um, used wow. to have wear them, which I was like, all right, this is that's the ultimate fucking cosign. The most tasteful motherfuckers on the planet. Right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> It's a, so it's, that, a, it's an Eames lounger for your feet, you know, <laughs> exactly. And then, and then they've upgraded it since, you know, the beginning, they've got, you know, part of the soul units and stuff are just really, really comfortable. Now it's incredible what they've changed. Cause I used to wear them back in the day, you know, probably in the nineties when I worked at Ralph. And then when I was at J crew, actually, that's started styling with them in the catalog. And I remember we were getting so many calls from customers, like, where can I buy these? <laughs> and at the, at the time they were 50, 60 bucks. You can get them pretty much anywhere, but now they've kind of become a little bit harder to find. And they're still kind of a great brand that hasn't been touched so much. You know what I mean? Like sure. everybody's done collabs. You know, I've certainly done my share of, and I always try to do something with brands that are original, kind of original in their space. And, and Jack Purcell to me just embodies all of that. And, and, you know, the guy himself was, was kind of a cool cat, you know, he played badminton back in the day, but apparently he was some sort of playboy back then too. So a badminton playboy, you love, <laughs> you, you love, you love to see that. Here's a loaded question around for- his shuttlecock. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. That talk about innuendo. Uh, here's a loaded question for you, Todd. Do you think that, you know, the Jack Purcell kind of like almost having this moment again, um, do you think that's like people almost like rejecting like very loud, like Jordans and all of like the Nike collabs that are kind of out there. Do you think it's like kind of maybe like this subconscious return to this like cleaner, more classic silhouette? I think so. I mean, I think, I think it's an option, you know, that people, you know, that may be, you know, tired of all the kind of racy 
that are going on and the hype, as you said, and the, the huge long lines that you see, you know, it's great for the business. Trust me. I mean, we feed off of that every day, you know, like, like you just mentioned, you know, having some stuff on stock X is killer. But then I think whenever you start to see something get really popular, that's the one thing I learned in fashion, you know, that the opposite is going to happen. And sure. then, the pendulum swings faster than you think. Yeah. And so it's good. You know, I, like I said, I've certainly done my fair share of collabs with, with new balance and they've been incredible and, you know, we're going to continue doing that, but the opportunity to work with Jack Purcell was taking something that kind of had, you know, this rooted in classic and, and reinventing it and, and being able to do an apparel line sure. to go with it, you know, and that had never been done before. So for me, that was like game on. Yeah. The opportunity to create like a whole look or a universe around the shoe itself. Exactly. Exactly. And you're, you're partnering up with Bodega noted sneaker shop based out of Boston um, on this Jack Purcell release. And then, I mean, that plus like we mentioned that the new balance is going crazy on StockX and selling out, you know, instantly almost. And to Lawrence's point, like, and, and to what you were just talking about, how in your, in your vision, right. You put the Iowa and ayahuasca. So we're fucking with the vision. How far do you see yourself traveling down this path into sneaker culture, which can be this rabbit hole of hype and just craziness and, you know, Consumers product from product for yeah. product's sake. Like how, how far do you see the brand um, traveling into like the sneaker world? Um, I definitely think it's something we're going to continue doing. It's, it's really, you know, for me, I like blurring the lines between things that are kind of expected and things that are unexpected. And it's like, how do you always push the envelope and, and create something new? And, you know, especially in the sneaker culture, you're seeing, you know, everybody from Jerry Lorenzo to, you know, um, you name it, Kanye West, whatever, trying to, you know, carve out their own space in, in the, in the planet. And you've got, you know, um, you know, some Kim Jones and people doing amazing things that you're just like, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty sick. And then like, how do you do it differently? So for me being kind of a menswear designer and being rooted in Americana, you know, my, I like storytelling. I like kind of digging into the archives and going into like, who was Jack Purcell and then reinventing it and kind of turning it on his head. And for me, that's where I get joy. And that's where I think our customers really enjoy, you know, getting stuff from us. Cause you know, we did a collab with L.O. Bean that launched last yeah. fall and it, it was incredible. And you know, everybody knows who L.O. Bean is. And it just blew out in in weeks or not in weeks, days. It was gone. Basically, we had our biggest day ever online. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we did almost a million dollars in one day, which for Yay. us is big fucking flex alert. Love <laughs> to get that on the record. <laughs> Freaking huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, I'm always looking at kind of how to, you know, work with heritage brands and, and do something different. Cause at the end of the day, I want to do something unexpected that, or something that somebody loves and adding my own little twist to it. I think that is kind of the testament to, to LL Bean doing almost a, a, or doing a million a day is because like that stuff, it was like familiar, but like very fresh. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of what you're talking about. I want to go quickly back to, you mentioned Jerry Lorenzo, Kanye West, Kim Jones, like guys, like you said, that are carving out this space for themselves in the world. And obviously specifically in that kind of street and sneaker uh, world specifically, how much do you pay attention to that stuff? I, I study it like it's, Oh really? Oh yeah. Well, it also inspires me, you know, like I see what these guys do and it's almost like it's a competition. We're all kind of like, Oh, that's cool. You know? And yeah. You know, when, uh, Damn, Connie dropped another colorway. Fuck. 
<laughs> Damn, that blue's good. Um, yeah, right. No, but he kind of, you know, he, he, you know, both of them. I mean, uh, you know, Jerry Lorenzo doesn't get enough credit, um, you know, in fashion, and and neither does you know, uh, you know, a lot of the people in the street space. They don't get enough credit because I think they're really uh, affecting um, consumers and and pushing people into a direction, uh, which is great to see. You know, you're seeing things happen that, you know, Emilio Dory is like to me right now, just doing some, some crazy things that yeah. is affecting. I, and for me, I look at it, I'm like, that's good. You know, when all of a sudden he's the creative director of, of new balance USA. Yeah. Shout out Teddy. Yeah. I mean, he's killing it. I mean, and I didn't know, I mean, the guy's only 35 years old and I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I guess like, and I ask that because sometimes we'll have designers on the show uh, that will talk about maybe divorcing themselves from, from that kind of, you know, this idea of being inspired by other people because they're afraid that they might be influenced, but you're on the other end where you're like, you want to see it, you want to get inspired and you're not going to like copy anyone, obviously, because you're an original designer, but like that is motivation. That competition inspires you. hundred percent. And then, and then I'm always thinking, what's the next step. So, you know, for me, as I kind of look at my competitors and kind of my landscape, I'm always thinking like, what's next for me. And I always kind of put myself in the shoes of like, Hmm, what would piss Teddy <laughs> off? Or what would piss Ronnie off if I did a collab? Right. And L.O. Bean for me was that L.O. Bean was like, this is going to piss those guys off. Okay? Cause right. you know, you can kind of see, you know, direction directionally in fashion. I, I kind of saw this outdoorsman thing happening a couple of years ago, because we were in this whole very street, very urban, very right. kind of like, you know, screw the outdoors. So then, you know, oh, the next is probably going to be outdoors. So right. that, you know, quickly became the next frontier. And then the pandemic really accelerated it. So sure. I was really happy to launch that. The timing was perfect. And, you know, it's it's honestly not the easiest thing to do to be able to, you know, call up a company who's you know, over a billion dollars in sales and been around longer than all of us together um, and say, Hey, I want to do a collab. It doesn't work that way. You have right. to you gotta get to know them. You got to meet it's them. A court, it's a courtship, you know, it's a, it's a woo, woo the bean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, from, from as such, like uh, as someone that's like, you know, observing everything, right. And you have your, your hands and your eyes on everything. Like where do you think American menswear is headed next? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to somebody recently and they were talking about how, um, you know, American menswear it's, you know, there's really no, it's dead. And I'm like, are you kidding? I said, it's the biggest thing globally right now. Look at what everybody is doing. I mean, when you have Kim Jones, you know, doing Air Jordans and you got Virgil now, the head of Louis Vuitton and you've got, you know, Kanye doing Gap and you've got Jerry, you know, between Xenia and now Adidas. Like, right. I, I feel like Amer- American, it's just the mold has changed. It used to be, right. oh, it's Calvin Klein or it's Donna Karen or it's Ralph Lauren. Now it's kind of bubbled up from this kind of, you know, street style way. And at the end of the day, they're just, they're just not getting the credit they deserve. And I think that's yeah. the thing for me that I look at them as the leaders in fashion. Like I, I see what Teddy does and I'm like, 
He's yeah. killing it. He's doing Wait, great. Who, you shouldn't put that person on blast, but whoever you were talking to who did it, who missed this whole point, was that like a child? Like, how did they not? It was it was somebody in the industry. I, don't, I won't mention. Yikes. Well, that person might them, be looking for a new fucking job. So. Yeah, just tell them we outside. I hope they're not a yeah. trend reporter. Um, yeah. Going back real quick. So you are very intent. Going back to the club, you are very intentional with your collaborations. And that's why everyone hits. Right. And that's why, like. And the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's so many collaborations out there we're seeing in the landscape that just don't make sense and are very clearly like a cash grab, like a big company's paying for clout or a small company's, you know, paying, uh, just wants that bag. Yeah. Who, who have you turned down? And can you please name names on the collaborations that have not come to fruition? You have not put the Todd Snyder stamp um, of approval on. Yeah. Any, any notable losers well, <laughs> you want to put on blast <laughs> i mean the the good i mean the good news is i mean good and bad i have to kind of uh you know curate my own assortment on on collab so I, i'm usually the one reaching out to them believe it or not okay so, mm, outbound request yeah i mean the most recent that we just launched which i was actually really excited to do uh foot joy called me about a year ago and um that's a golf brand right yeah are you a big golfer is that what the vibe is there I, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was, I mean, my move to New York city, it's like golf yeah. game went to hell, obviously. Um, I was going to say, what do you shoot? Now I'm in the hundreds. I, I <laughs> my Triple handy- digits, baby. <laughs> yeah, my handicap has to be like mid teens, which is pretty good. You know, right, it's like, right. um, it's a simple game, Todd. The hole doesn't move. The ball doesn't move. <laughs> yeah. why, why is it so quite hard? easy when you really break it down? Todd? <laughs> yeah. The ball is this big. Anyway. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm a much better basketball player than I, I, I am. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah? That to me was like a really awesome, um, you know, collab because it kind of, again, when I, so Chris Tobias, he used to be uh, a, a kind of big wig at New Balance. And he, he actually, I worked with him when we did the PF Flyers collab, yeah. you know, 10 years ago. And um, he moved over to Foot Joy and called me and I was just like, Oh my God. And, and at first when he called them like, that's ah, foot joy. It's kind of an old stuffy brand. I don't know if I want to do this. And then he started rolling through kind of the history of foot joy. And I would have thought, Oh, they probably started in the seventies. I don't know. I would have guessed lo and behold, they've been around for over 120 years and um, they really, and when he told me kind of their market share, they own 60% of the foot market share in golf. Like they own over Nike, over everybody, 60%. And same thing with a golf glove and the same company owns that is owned by them or owns them uh, also owns Titleist. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're the number one yeah. brand period. I mean, it's full stop They're I mean, other than the clubs, they pretty much crush everything. Okay. And that's a, that was, and that's the, despite you, like normally what you're saying, you're, it's an outbound request. You're reaching out to the people that like you want to work with. This is an opportunity that came to you. That's few and far between you would say. Few and far between. It's something, you know, um, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, I got an email this morning. I got an email from Globetrotter and um, they Ooh. make, yeah, they make pretty sick luggage. I I, I was going to say, I hope you have a good time on this podcast so we can get some free luggage at some point. In the future. <laughs> God damn. Is, that, is that why you're going on vacation? You're going to uh, test yeah. out field test the goods. Yeah, I mean those bags are like twelve hundred bucks easy. Yeah, very much aware. <laughs> who's your Who's your Who's your dream brand to collaborate with? Yeah, let's manifest. I mean, it, I mean Converse is that like a step towards you know Beaver <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, 
You play um, ball, you hoop, I mean, right? Nike, Nike would be amazing. I mean, Nike would be amazing. I mean, I, I mean, who wouldn't want to collaborate with what would, them? What would the Todd Snyder Nike signature look like? I think I'd give uh, Virgil a run for his money. Really? There what you go. cut like you cut like more holes in the Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Make it more. <laughs> make the chew more of a piece of shit. <laughs> I I I, w- I would definitely give him a run for his money. I'll tell Damn, you. I love the confidence. Wait, real, um, real right, quick, so Nike, Tom, what, but, I want to I want to hear about your hoop game. What position did you play? Um, I played a uh, shooting guard. Okay, are you like a, were you a shooter or like a slasher? I'm a shooter. Okay, wet lace in three. Yeah, I was a, I was a, yeah, they, the three point, I mean, I'm a little older than you guys. You're older than the three point line. (laughs) It it came out uh, right when I was in high school, which was awesome. So that was incredible. (laughs) Anyone wants to do the mental math at the mental math at home. Todd is 73 years old. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Points per game instantly went up 50%. Yeah, right. I, um, no, I, I used to live for basketball and, um, Still do. I, I watch it every year. And I used to play um, here in the city. And you don't see a lot of white kids playing on the, the really good um, courts. But I, I would always make my way onto it. So it was, okay. uh, they used to call me. We, I was playing up one time up in Harlem. And the I was the only white kid within probably 30 blocks. And they started, because uh, they have DJs kind of narrating the game and stuff. Sure. They, they were calling me ghost. <laughs> and he was like, ghost has the ball. And it was just like, you know, I was shooting a free throw and I didn't know what they were saying at first because I'm focusing on the game. And then I hear this guy saying, ghost, if you want to make a free throw, give the ball to ghost. <laughs> so I got, you know, I was, I was somewhat famous. That's fucking awesome. And I'm, I'm assuming that's because of the complexion, <laughs> your complexion, right? That's what I, yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 uh, you know, I remember they used to, when I play, they'd be like, Hey, yeah, go get that Irish kid. And um, I'm like, I'm not Irish. I'm Irish, Dutch, German. I mixed yeah. race. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. So Nike, that's your dream collaboration. Yeah. The ghost, the ghost yeah, signature say, model, the ghost one. <laughs> yeah. I would say, I would say that's my dream. I think one of the coolest collabs I ever did is, um, and I would want to do it like in a, in a bigger scale, but I ended up doing a, um, FJ Land Cruiser, a Toyota Land Cruiser. Oh, shit. Yeah. So you and want like an Eddie Bauer, like addition, but like the Todd Snyder, like but a vintage, but a vintage, uh, you know, I saw the, the new, you know, Range Rover Defender and yeah, it's beautiful, but I like the old school kind of, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know who you give a run for their money is Virgil Abloh with the Mercedes fucking Kia Soul or whatever uh, uh, the fuck yeah. that was. <laughs> the Scion XB. Yeah. 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 I don't, but yeah, I, I think the, but I did one um, a couple of years ago and uh, we one. one? Yes. Yeah, do you own, do you have it? Is it in the driveway? I, I own one. It's it's still in the garage. I mm. honestly it scares me to death to drive it. It, it retails for like a buck sixty. Yeah. That's like a one piece of Globetrotter luggage. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's definitely where you where you one put suitcase. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to it? What how do you put your yeah. signature uh touch on it? So um so an FJ Land Cruiser, it's a nineteen seventy-six. They it really kind of embodied that old kind of Jeep styling. It's kind of almost a cross between a, an old Jeep mixed up with a, a, a Range Rover Defender. And, you know, obviously had their own style and just the way the headlights and the way kind of the, the, 
the way the back of the truck versus the front of the truck is just a really cool balance. Meaning like, it just looks like a dude's truck. It's beautiful. Right. Classic. And there's many different ways you can figure, configure it. So I found these guys out of Miami that basically rebuild these things. And I'm like, Hey, would you guys ever want to do a custom one for me? And we'll sell it. And um, so I did a signature olive green color. Um, which is our, is our, our color. And then we also did a, a slate blue, which is a Porsche color. Sick. And then we did a, a burgundy. And then we also did like this kind of almost like a camel gold color. And it's, Fire. but we sold, we sold three. I mean, we had, oh, one, wow. yeah, we had one guy that bought two. <laughs> was it like some, was it some notable, can you say like, was it Dr. Was was Livingston? I presume like, yeah, right. I, I don't know his name. They probably, for good reason, but he bought yeah. one for his house. Like one to the rock, side. one to stock. Yeah. yeah. It was Vin Diesel. Yo, maybe we can get a fast, uh, fast and furious collaboration. Yeah, next. exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they, and then what I did was what was, you know, really neat about it is obviously, you know, I work with Red Wing. So I did a Red Wing leather interior. Ooh, that's sick. A good kind of pony brown uh red wing leather interior. And it just it's a perfect kind of blend. So with all of that and kind of like the little tweaks I did here and there, kind of we actually did a a bag with Lodif that was the kind of gift with purchase. Sick. Which was cool too. Um spend spend 160 G's and here's a fucking bag for your troubles. Exactly. (laughs) So Nike, Land Rover, Dream Collabs. On the on another level, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Apple, but anyway, that's, oh sure, mm, of course, that's all, that's all. Manifest, big hitters, we got to manifest. It. Um, yeah, a boy can let's dream. let's go back to your to your uh, resume to your CV for a little bit. So you're a noted graduate, uh, graduated summa cum laude from Ralph Lauren University. Yeah. While you were there, what is the number one takeaway that you brought with you while working at the most cherished American brand of all time? I think. Uh, the love of vintage, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really, and not just buying vintage for vintage, but there's different grades um, that you can get, you know, you can get a really amazing sweatshirt that n- you've never seen before that just has a great detail on it or uh, a great military jacket. I mean, so much out there. And that for me was probably the biggest epiphany that I had was kind of the research and level of detail of digging into all of that. It's, I mean, and that's really what kind of embodies Ralph. It all kind of starts from something and then he reimagines it and changes it. And I think that for me, I, I remember working there and you, you know, you'd go to different dealers, you'd, you'd find things, this is before the internet, um, but you'd find things in, in, you know, whether it was auctions or what what have you, and you would you would kind of buy them and you covet them, but you would actually have to hide them from hmm. your coworkers because a lot of people would because Ralph would walk into a room and I didn't get to work with him one on one, but I you know um, worked for the people that would kind of work with him and looking at they called them rigs where. Yeah. You'd walk in and you'd see this beautiful, uh, beautiful, like you'd walk in and see this wall just, and it sounds kind of odd because it's just things kind of pinned on the wall, but it looks like the, probably the sickest mood board you've ever seen. Sure. And three-dimensional and it's got living, breathing mood board, not just like, you know, pictures or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and, 
it's it's it looks like you're walking into a movie set really like you're walking in and you're like it, it sets the tone immediately and that and ralph really invented that um and everybody who works for him kind of there's some like john Farage, who's their head yeah. um is amazing Legend. Yeah. amazing and he just you would walk in his rooms and it just it brought you to a new place i mean it, it's it was so intoxicating being in there so ralph would point to things like and, and they would put little stickers on it that would say rl likes <laughs> and the, uh, the, the original thumbs heart up. yeah yeah the original heart exactly <laughs> So, we're going to need to double tap that reference piece there. <laughs> exactly. And and so the, the, the thing was, if you didn't, and Ralph would remember, he'd be like, that jacket's not right. And you'd be like, what do you mean? And it's, if Ralph puts RL likes on it, you better make sure you get the right patina, the mm-hmm. right shells, because he's a stickler for all that. Like just the, I remember sitting in meetings with his, and his uh, brother, Jerry, you know, you know, ran the show for the most part with all his designers from day to day. And he would always be talking about like, you know, that off white, it's too bright. You got to go, you got to do. And so we'd be in the kitchen with, with, we'd tea stain it with literally with tea bags. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it was always, it was always the details. It was always kind of being authentic uh, to that original item. Sure. How's your vintage collection? Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, I have uh, probably, I haven't even lost count a long time ago, but I probably have over a thousand pieces of uh, champion. Good Just God. champion alone. Champion. Wow. Yeah, champion. Are you the foremost champion collector? You would say maybe the champion, the champion champion. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I I've been collecting champions since Ralph, actually, when, right. when I, when I got to Ralph and realized like, Oh wow, this is how you do it. It was kind of like one of those, like, Oh, that's how it's done. And then you just kind of, I dot, and all this did. I mean, all, and there was a lot of people that left, obviously, and you know, went to Abercrombie. All of a sudden, you started seeing Abercrombie doing these rigs, and, and rigs all of a sudden became a name. And, right. uh, and, you know, it was for a while, there was a lot of demand for vintage because all of us were looking for it because all, all of us were kind of these, you know, graduates of, of Ralph Lauren university. And so it was, it was hard to find great pieces. And then you're competing with, you know, Japanese covet American vintage. Right. Of course. Um, so anyway, I've been collecting champion for decades now. And whenever I go to Japan, I, that they always have the best stuff. And sure. I would just be like, <laughs> I'll take this. I'll take yeah. this. I'd be in Harajuku where there'd be a lot of really cool vintage shops. And my favorite was always um, vintage uh, collegiate sweatshirts from, mm. from, from, so I still, to this day, when I am going through, you know, either vintage or just my own collection or just like, Oh my gosh, like there's just so many great details and, you know, whether it's a wash, whether it's a fade on a graphic or whatever it is, I'm just always blown away by that. Sure. Is it true during your time there that you would uh, make custom shirts over the weekend and just show up Monday and some new shit that like w- was yeah. just a flex on your yeah. office mates? Well, that's how I got discovered really. I mean, I was interning. So I, I'd been at Ralph as an intern back in the early nineties. So like 91, 92, um, I cold called them. I was coming to New York city, you know, straight off the boat from Iowa. And um, I but knew you, you I sailed was- here from Iowa. Yes, I did. Yeah, I took, <laughs> took the Great Lakes up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's no water in Iowa. It's just so anyway. just pork um, and slipknot. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so I got, you know, I, I wanted to work in the fashion industry. I literally read Ralph's book in the eighties and was like, I didn't know you could do this. And I'm like, I want to do that. And that that's what kind of really set the course for me to, to go do something. So I originally, when I was in college, you know, I was, you know, studying, my dad was an engineer. So I started doing that. And then I, first semester, I hated it. There was no girls in my class. So I was like, this is boring. <laughs> this is a brick. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then I'm like, you know what, architecture, because like, I like to draw and I was always, you know, really good with numbers. And and I thought, you know, architecture could be good for me. So I studied that for a couple semesters and then, again, felt like this is just not going to be good for me. I can't see myself being an architect because it's just too slow because mm-hmm. the process is too slow. And I always knew I wanted to be a designer, but I didn't have a pathway to get there. And then I started working in a men's store called Bedowers in, in Iowa. And that for me was my gateway. That's when all of a sudden I really got into clothes and I started meeting the Ralph Lauren rep. And I'm like, how do you do this? Like, how can I get into this? And she was from Chicago. I was in Des Moines at the time. And um, Chicago was Mecca for us, you know, because right. we could drive there hours and you know had amazing stores. So for me, that was that was my goal. So I ended up switching. I was in business for a bit and then I ended up finding out I went to Iowa State and they actually had a fashion design program unbeknownst to me. And I'm like, you know, so I ended up switching. I was in school for like six years and <laughs> Only got an undergrad, but anyway, um, <laughs> but it was, it was a dream come true for me. So I ended up switching, um, went to Ralph Lauren in 91, 92 and got my foot in the door and I just worked my ass off and, you know, I didn't say a lot just cause I didn't want to speak out of turn unless someone sure. asked my opinion. And I just was kind of like head down, do the work. I would like rearrange somebody's closet and they would be like blown away. I just was always like, how do I make my boss's job easier? That was always my goal. I would stay late. You know, you know, we didn't have computers back then. So a lot of it was just like, you know, faxing and, uh, and doing, um, a lot. So I'd stay late to do all the faxing and literally you'd be sending these, these tech packs that were a hundred pages and you'd have to fax them to Hong Kong and it would take a good hour and you had to make sure every page went through. So for me, I was like, I didn't care. This was like a dream come true for me, but I remember I was wearing, um, you know, one of my shirts. So I would actually sew shirts on my own. And this is actually after I moved here because I was interning and then I started working there and I was wearing one of my shirts. And I I used to make my own shirts back in the day because I didn't have a lot of money, obviously coming out of college, but there's amazing fabric stores here in the city that, you know, obviously a lot of the designers discard some of their fabric. So I was just like, Oh my God, I'll take this. And you get some amazing linen um, from Italy that, you know, Ralph threw out or Donna Karen threw out. So I was actually sewing my own shirts. You were upcycling before it was a trend. Right. Yeah. There you go. And um, I remember I was sitting in a, in a meeting and and the design director's like, you know, Hey, you didn't know my name. Uh, and she was like, fax, fax boy. Yeah. yeah. Fax boy. <laughs> I don't even think she knew I faxed, but anyway, <laughs> um, but she's like, I love your shirt. Who, who makes that? And I was just like, I did. And she's like, yeah. what? And she just kind of like, you know, from that point on, I, I started and she loved it. And she's like, what else do you have? And she, I showed her my sketchbook and whatever. And all of a sudden I started getting included in more and more meetings. So for me, that was like a real, you know, change game changer for me. Cause it really kind of allowed myself to build a little bit of confidence and have a voice without, you know, being too forward. 
Yeah. Sure. Was it, I mean, going back to before you moved to New York, was it tough growing up in Iowa um, and being really into fashion and design? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely in the nineties, I, I, you know, I think there's definitely, um, you know, a stigma around fashion for men anyway, that I think it's changing for the new generations every, you know, five, 10 years, it seems like it's being more and more accepted, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, celebrities or athletes that are in right. clothes kind of has given people permission to think, Hey, this is, this is fine. I, there's always been, um, you know, this kind of stigma around fashion. And if you, you know, you like clothes, you're gay. And, um, you know, for me, when I was growing up, that was always kind of like, Oh gosh, is somebody going to think I am? And, you know, now I'm, you know, 30 years later, like, I honestly don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah. All, I mean, probably 70, 80% of my friends are, are gay. Um, and like, to me, it's just, you know, it's no different than, you know, right. you were chatting. It's, 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 and I think that was always kind of the thing when you look back at it, like you just, God, that was so silly. Yeah. Think of but, all the kids that were deterred from, you know, like doing yeah. what you did because they're like, Oh, I don't want to be perceived a certain way. Yeah. I was the only dude in my class when I, when I switched over, that's the thing. Good to fashion. You went, you get went some from pussy. No, no girls in engineering to being the, yes. the only dude. I, and I used to, you know, I was still friends with all those guys in engineering and, and finance. And they're like, can I come to some of your classes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it's I like audit? The, the flap of the butterfly wings that launched Todd Snyder's Todd in college just wanted to get some ass. <laughs> that's really well, all it is. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, that's all it is. A tale is old. A tale is old as time. When you, when you did make the move, when you sailed here from Iowa on the high seas, um, what was the biggest culture shock you had to get used to? Because I have to imagine that coming from fucking your pot, like your, your town that has a population of like 3000 people to the greatest <laughs> city in the world. Yeah. What like what just blew your mind? And, you know, maybe you're still not even used to it. I don't know. Um, well, New York City is the best city in the world. I 100 percent with that. It is the coolest city and the best city in the world. I. I've been here 30 years now and I finally a real New Yorker <laughs> I, I might be. Well, I've had three kids here, so I can, at least they're real New Yorkers. So yeah, they're, for sure. The next they're your anchor, they are your anchor babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, for me, it, it was, it was tough. I think the, the biggest thing, um, is just the intimidation of, of all the people and, you know, everybody's very fast to, you know, get to the point and do business or whatever it is. And I think that's something that I don't know if I'll ever get used to, but it's, um, you know, certainly taught me a lot. Uh, and, and I've always kind of been on my toes. Uh, and it's, it's always been something I think continues to challenge me as far as like always wanting to strive to do better. And um, I think my advantage is just because, and that's the reason why I think I do a lot of my collabs or I'm able to do them is because I, I use my Iowa nice when it's, when it's, hmm. not. And yeah, I, just superpower. It throws people off. It's always like, what? Why would Wait, you're not a dickhead? Guy? I don't even know how to talk to this guy. Why is this guy <laughs> saying please and thank you? The fuck? Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? <laughs> well, Todd, you've been in the you've been in, you've been in the company of greats. You've worked for the greats. You are arguably going to go down in history as one of the greats yourself. Um, you know, we talked a lot about Ralph, but uh, and he is considered one of the greatest designers by a lot of people. Like their personal opinion, who is on your Mount Rushmore? A fashion designer, so top four unranked all time. Uh, menswear or um, uh, 
anything. I mean, anything. well, let's let's keep it a fashion. So yeah, but not not like the not Eames, but you know, right, right. I, I mean, I think Ralph is is the top of that. I mean, I think Ralph is. You know, he's he a created the, He's the blueprint. One hundred percent. He did something well before uh, anybody else did. You know, he 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 did it in such a great way. I mean, he's also you know I think. Perry Ellis would probably be another person that I'd, I'd put up there. Just sure. and fortunately his, his life was really kind of, yeah. Know, RIP. Um, I think he would have done great things if he were still alive. Um, Ralph obviously has been, you know, 50 plus years and um, has built just, you know, everything from, I mean, if, when you start not only just doing apparel, but now all of a sudden you have paint, yeah. <laughs> it's like, You've reached kind of uh, it's the a whole upper. lifestyle, right? Ralph Lauren, it's a, it's a true unit. Not we said university, but it's a universe, right? Like that's it what it is. It is. I mean, they did everything from paint to interiors to you name it. Start and, with my Ralph Lauren towel, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, right, you got Ralph. And, we got Perry Ellis. Yeah. I would say Armani. I would say oh, George. Sure. And then. Um, I don't know that the last one I would probably have to say, um, I probably have to go Japanese on this one. Um, Yoji. Yeah. I would probably say Yoji on this. Um, I'm thinking it's, it's kind of a toss up uh, between Junior and, and I'd probably say Junior. Actually, I just think mm. for me, that's where and everybody's like, Oh, everybody does, does collaborations, whatever. I mean, I started doing it really, really early on. And truthfully, I was following Japanese fashion. For me, right. was where I got the idea for collabs. I was like, huh. And you would see just some of the craziest, coolest mashups. Um, with Like his with, Brooks Brothers collab, right? Yeah. Like that like that early Brooks Brothers stuff or Levi's was crazy. Yeah. And, and what, was your first, every, what, what was your first third. collaboration? Oh, my first. Um, well, my first was at J. Crew. My first actually was with Jack Purcell, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Full circle, full circle moment. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's kind of funny. I have a lot of full circle moments. So you know, I started at Ralph, then I went to J crew, then I went to gap and then I went back to Ralph and then I went back to gap and then I went back to J crew before I went on my own. They say you can't go home again, but you can, if you're Todd Snyder. And yeah, I got, I was uh, the one lesson I learned and this is the Iowa nice piece coming out is like never burn a bridge, especially in this sure. industry. Really? And I okay. never did. That's something we should, yeah. maybe we should file that one away. Yeah. Um, Cause we were like made the bridges we burn light our way. We thought yeah. that was like the path forward. Um, I'm cold. Better burn a bridge. Just heat up a little bit. Yeah. I just uh, real quick, Todd, when you talk about like, uh, you know, your history with collabs and you mentioned J crew, like, w- and and maybe you wouldn't be so bold because you're such a nice guy, but like that, I feel like that th- this idea of collabs now being like, like James said earlier, like completely overblown and these big cash grabs that make no sense. Like, you know, all that came from a pure place, which even if you guys were following the Japanese, like all that stuff that J crew is doing, like with the liquor store, right. Where you, you obviously now are, are back and you know, you're calling home. Like it was that kind of like the start of, of this kind of collaboration, a boon here in the States. Would you guys say that it started there with your team at J crew? Um, yeah. I mean, I think we, we popularized it. I don't think we're the first, but I think we definitely right. were the, the beginnings of it. I, I, I'm trying to remember other collabs. I mean, I remember when John streetwear Varvatos, had some. Yeah, yeah I, I remember when John Varvatos did, uh, 
you know, did uh, Converse back in the day. Right, this was right, probably right. early 2000s. Um, that to me was really cool. And then Supreme and, I, you know, I, th- I would say Stuzy was probably way ahead of it. You know, yeah. I think uh, that that's kind of who I would certainly pay tribute to. And I would probably actually put a fifth person up there. I might put Stuzy up there, but um, mm. Stuzy, so... Anyway. Yeah, shout out Sean Stu to you. Yeah. Absolute legend. Oh, gee. Um, all right. Well, uh, between after sorry, after bouncing around between Gap, J. Crew, and Ralph, and just kind of getting, you know, like like a like a utility infielder almost, um, you've launched your own shit and you're coming up on your 10-year anniversary, which is a fucking entire that's eons in the in the you know menswear and fashion world. Um, that's a huge deal, but we're not here to suck your dick, Todd. What was your biggest fuck up from the past 10 years? Probably my biggest fuck up. Jeez. Um, I, I, so many so choose many. I know. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Uh, just pick one. Um, Besides coming on this podcast. I think, I, I think my, you know, it, it was funny. I think in hindsight, I don't know. We'll see if it was my biggest fuck up or not. But I left, I left J. Crew just before the entire thing, like the universe opened. It was just mm. like, I kind of thought I had it figured out. We had just opened up the liquor store and it was huge success. And then we had just opened up a store on, on Broadway, our first like real like men's store. Cause the liquor store was small and, and special. Right. Yeah. Concept. And then the whole, like, it was like probably eight to 10 years. And, and my good friend, Frank Mugens, who, who kind of took my place there, um, he and I worked together at Ralph Lauren and I, when I started working at J crew, I brought him with me and, and I can say this now, it was like the, the plan was for me to leave and, and start making enough money and then bring him on board. Got it. A year or two later. And in fact, you know, I, I contacted him like a year and a half later and I said, I think I can afford you now. And he was like, I'm never leaving here. This yeah. Is- right. Yeah. You set him up for like crazy success. Cause he, I mean, a lot of people like, obviously, you know, Mickey Drexler is a legend, but like f- how f- people like look at that, at least when I think back about that time, like Frank got like a lot of press and a lot of praise for like, you know, like that, that next kind of evolution of where Jake Cruz men's business went. So you, you, so you're saying you like kind of missed an opportunity to maybe like stay a little bit longer and reap some of those benefits before bouncing. I should have stayed just maybe a year or two longer. Um, like, damn it. Why didn't I know the show Mad Men was going to be such a fucking hit? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you missed the uh, did you miss the Ludlow suit like explosion? Was that right? Like when you bounced? We we invented that at the liquor store, actually. So when we when when the liquor store was opening, I remember so that, you know, kind of set the record straight or whatever. So um, Mickey was everything. Mickey was the reason why every time we'd have a presentation, he's like, God damn it. How come our men's business isn't like crushing it, whatever. And so he finally was, you know, men's business was always kind of good. It wasn't great because, you know, we were always in the back of the catalog. We were always right. in the basement of the store and just guys weren't discovering us yet. So he called up his good buddy, Andy Spade. Mm. I'd say, Andy, you got to help us. Andy came into our presentation and was like, Mickey, you have to open up a men's store. And then he's like, I knew it. So then from that, Andy came up with the idea of like, look, you know, cause obviously he had been kind of ideating on Jack Spade forever. And he's, he's a genius by the way. And he was like, I have a place we should, we should do it and we should do it and call it the liquor store, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he was the one that kind of found the space and, you know, we kept, we had to keep the sign because of, of, of kind of historic issues and stuff like that. So it, 
it made sense. And that store really put the stake in the ground and made J crew men's cool. And then from that, everything blew up, but Mickey was really the catalyst. And then, sure. uh, working with, um, so anyway, so everything in that store. And I remember Mickey telling me, he's like, look, I want you to like, it's, this is you and me. I want, I don't, and no knock to the merchants at the time, but it was like, he was, I want, it just to be you and me picking in the stuff that goes in the store. And so we created this room that was just the liquor store room and he would, you know, pick what he wanted in there. And I remember thinking to myself, like, we can't put our old dumb suits in here. We got to create something new. So we did this really cool fitted. It was originally made in the U S and it was half canvas. Actually the first ones are full canvas. And we wanted this slimmer suit. It was kind of the Mad Men thing. And, yeah. and that's where it was birthed. And, and we were kind of, uh, you know, going between names. It was, we we're going to call it maybe the Tribeca. We we're going to call it the, um, you know, some different other names down there. And then the Ludlow kind of was available. And we're like, oh my God, Ludlow's perfect. Because we love New York City and we right. wanted it to be about Damn. streets of New York. And Ludlow just had a nice ring to it. So that's where the whole thing kind of was. And the rest is fucking history, right? Yeah. yeah, there you go. But but Frank Frank is, you know, we're still great friends. And you ever get to stay at his uh, B&B? Yes. I've stayed probably three or four times. It's my Damn. favorite. It's he's got this cottage in the back. It's up in uh, Massachusetts. I can't remember the area, but it's just unbelievable space. And Frank, Frank's great. I mean, he's not only just an amazing uh, designer, apparel designer, but his interior sensibilities. Yeah. He's got like, great taste. Generally speaking, unbelievable. Like he got to get us that friends and family discount. We might have yeah, a we'll tell him we'll, po- we'll tell him we'll do a pod. We'll, we'll pod yeah. with Frank at the B and B dude. There you um, go. Pod could work, yeah. Well, okay. So if 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 the you know who who will ever know, right? If the timing was your biggest L in the past ten years, and yeah. and I would say that it's not because like Todd, you launched Todd Snyder, and, look, and you're on the fucking you pod, bro. Look yeah. at everything has brought you to this moment. Everything in your life, Todd. What each was your biggest year, looking back? Year. Looking back at the ten years of the brand, though, what's been your biggest win? Let's get positive for just one yeah. second. The biggest win for the brand, yeah. Um, the, last, the first 10 you, years or you as the man in, but in the business, I mean, I would probably say the biggest game changer for me was the champion collaboration that, that really put a stake in the ground. I, I started doing champion eight years ago and um, you know, this is before I was anything. And I, I remember meeting um, their, you know, creative director, um, Ned Monroe and he just really kind of, you know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't quite know my style. I invited him to a couple of fashion shows. Probably took me a year or two to kind of get the whole courtship, you know, through. You're methodical and, with your wooing, right? Yeah. This, is, yeah, this yeah. isn't a college girl in a fashion class, right? This is <laughs> this is we we've been dating for quite some time. Um right, right, right. And yeah, ironically, he was also he he worked at J. Crew before just before me. He was at J, J. Crew um I think he was running men's um, before Mickey got there. So, um, so we knew we had that in common and he'd been in the industry a long time as well. And, and anyway, I used to, you know, just, I would always, you know, connect with him and try to figure out how I can do this collab. Cause I, for me, this was really super important because I knew obviously I'd been in J crew. I did, you know, Red Wing was like the big blow up, uh, amazing, uh, in yeah. amazing ways where that really put us on the map. And then we started doing new balance and we did Timex. And then I remember Mickey, uh, specifically 
Um, at first he didn't want to do the Red Wing. It was funny because he was like, he's like, Todd, who wears the, who wears those boots? They're heavy. They're workmen. And I go, every well, dude I, in Brooklyn. I said, well, you know, our team? exactly. Oh, Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah. um, so he, he kind of, I kind of told a fib to my merchant. That I, I, you know, I can tell everything now since I'm, it's been the a while. NDAs have expired. Yeah, the statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah. And Mickey and I still talk and he, he doesn't remember that conversation, but he kind of was like, I don't think it's a great idea. So I went back to the merchant, the buyer at the time. And I said, Mickey's, I think he's into it. I think he's, <laughs> you know, I didn't say no or yes. I said, I think he's into right. it. Like give me, Fudged give me it. a firm yes or no. So I kind of took it as I think he's into it. So <laughs> long story short, she, she ended up buying it. They bought 300 units and then they came back to me two weeks later after we launched it. And they're like, Todd, we need 3000 units. Can you get it by December? And that was, so it became the biggest shoe that in the yeah. history of, of J crew that they ever sold. And it was a three, $400 boot. And they, they were like, and then that's where Mickey said, what else you got? So then we mm. went through and literally listed every brand we wanted to work with. Mm. And champion was on that list, obviously. And champion was on the list, but the, 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 the difficult thing is, as you know, or as I said before, doing these collabs aren't easy. I was doing all the outreach and all the kind of before, because this hadn't quite caught on yet. Um, right. I remember we met with Nike. They, they were part of the assortment. Um, we had Levi's at the time. So we had a good list but I hadn't gotten, and I didn't do this intentionally. It was really, I hadn't gotten it's because I did reach out to champion and I got a, a kind of a, no, don't think so. <laughs> um, and so I kind of just backburnered it because there was a lot of others that were front sure. burner uh, Timex. And it's hard. I mean, it's like, literally, it's not like, Hey, let's do a watch. And then you just pick up some watch they have. Right. You're, right. Right. Like I'm in their archives literally and with a loop and like going through like old watches and saying, but I want that marking or I want this, whatever. And um, it took me a long time to do all this. So each one is, is a lot of detail. And I knew champion, you know, I was going to do it later on, but then when I left, I thought, you know what, let me pick up the phone and start doing it again. And That's then the white, it's the white whale, right? That's it was the, the white whale. whale. And a lot of them were truly white whales. I mean, L.O. Bean was the biggest. Yeah. And I had no idea that they had never collaborated with anybody. Ever. Right. Which and let's that, not bury the lead here. That was, that's insane to be the first ever collaborator. Right. Yeah. Especially with a brand like that. And and then they're family owned and, and they're very, very protective. Of and their they, brand. they tried to do this on their own, right. With Alex Carlson, with L.O. Bean signature. When I say do it on their own, they, they tried to kind of do it in house and it was kind of a thing that was trendy, was, but like yeah. not maybe on the level that like happened with you where like shit went fucking. Well, I think my, I think my kind of where I am today is a little different now than I was 10 years ago sure. for sure. And I think what Alex did was amazing. I mean, I remember, I mean, another graduate from Ralph Lauren university, correct? There you go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he talked about incredible. That guy is, uh, you know, definitely in a league of his own. I mean, he, when he left and they loved him up there when he left LO beings, he's, he's a manor. And as they say, as I found out, and I'm from away, I don't know if you guys are probably from away as well. I'm assuming. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, but he was a true Mainer. So they of course loved him and he left and, and did Filson and is right. like, the, I don't know if you've been in the Filson stores, but it is like, he is so good at creating that environment. I think that's the one thing he probably would take away from Ralph Lauren was just right. creating that moment. You go to a store down here in the Flatiron, and you feel like you've walked into a, an old, 
you know, shipbuilding yard. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, um, and, but anyway, it was, that was kind of like the, the biggest win for me. Cause it set everything up. And then what ended up happening, sure. is I did the city gym store down on Elizabeth street, which was an incredible, like we, I made it look like an old, um, boxing club, meets sporting goods store. So we painted the brick black and added city gym to the top and in paint. And then the interior was all this like very kind of modern take on industrial furniture. So it just had like a nice blend of old and new. Sure. Um, and then we were selling, you know, sneakers in there and, and baseball bats and like <laughs> pennants and it, we, but we wanted it to be this kind of, you know, embody kind of this whole, um, champion lifestyle and kind of that's what I took away from Ralph Lauren is kind of creating that environment. And right. because that environment existed uh, and this is what changed my life, you know, in a, in a really good way. Um, Jay Schottenstein, um, the, you know, the CEO owner of probably he's a multi-billionaire of American Eagle came in with Roger Markfield. Who oh yeah, their, sure. Their head of, you know, business and everything for American Eagle came into that store and they're like, who is this guy? Like we want to meet him. So it became your calling card kind of exactly or not that's, kind of it did. Right. That's what, that's what's, that's what teed me up and kind of got me noticed by them. And then about two years later, they ended up buying me. All right. So, exactly. and then that, that changed their grill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So I guess based on like all of that stuff, I guess then the next question is like, what is the goal for the next 10 years? Right. We talked about the biggest L the biggest W being teed up to like be in the you know, situation you are now. What's like the, what's the main path forward? Would you say? Well, we're, we're, we're in a really good position. I mean, we've had an incredible year. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Us too. I mean, yeah. 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 Talk about the three biggest winners <laughs> during coronavirus. Can't don't know about other people, but we're doing great. <laughs> I mean, there was definitely, you know, there was definitely hiccups here and there. We definitely had some, like we haven't sold a suit. We just started selling them again. Um, like they all, every suit just sat. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, especially tuxedos. Nothing. Not a, yeah. Damn. Not a now guys are starting to wake up and like, Oh shit. That marriage, I kind of (laughs) (laughs) fuck. I got to get married still. (laughs) That's still happening. Yeah. Damn. I thought, I thought we could probably pause this for another six, six months. My my quarantine bay. Yeah. Yeah, So people are starting to kind of come out of their, their kind of hibernation and thinking about suiting. So we're starting to sell that. But other than that, I mean, our stores just were God awful. As you can imagine, we were shut down for three or four months and our business was probably 40% of what it was in a normal year. Um, We were able to renegotiate some leases, you know, our our bigger store here on Madison, we were unable to, they just were not bending, which sucked, but, you know, so we kind of, you know, we tried to keep everybody employed and that was the goal is like, sure. You know, thinking about the team and, and we didn't bigger than clothes. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we didn't have to, at the time, we're just like, we want our team to be, have something that they, you know, you know, can pay their bills with and stuff. So we actually had some of them working from home, like customer service calls, but our business online was like going up because oh, sure. we had, because we had, you know, all this amazing champion collab stuff between joggers mm-hmm. and hoodies and all that. It was like through the roof. So that really changed our business. And because of that, you know, you know, Jay is the CEO of American Eagle is looking at sales reports from us. And he was just like, 
holy crap, these guys have something here. Like th- these guys, because we're hitting critical mass now, because all of a sudden now we're hitting a threshold. And, you know, at the time, you know, he was, you know, thinking about acquiring some other menswear businesses, which I can't say what they are, but you can fill in the blanks and, you know, something heritagey type of thing um, that, that he was thinking about. And at the time, but he just thought, you know what, we have this brand Todd Snyder. Why don't we just, why don't we fund it and grow it? So, so that's the new, um, that's the new directive is like, how do we grow, you know, grow, grow, grow. We're, yeah. we're right now we're trying to grow as fast as we can, as responsible as we can, um, you know, with, with our, you know, profitability being our, our goal. So how does right. that affect your, uh, like, you know, your, the left brain side of it? Cause obviously like, it seems like you're very tapped into the, the business side, which is important for any brand, right? That's why throwing fits has me. Um, but like, how do you keep the, uh, the creative juices flowing when it is about like, oh shit, like the monetary success is like increasing. Let's double down. Let's triple down. Let's, let's grow, grow, grow. Well, it, it, to me, and this is something I've learned along the way is it's really about the team. It's really about getting great people and, and human person, capital. Yeah. And, and it's critical. I mean, another one thing, lesson we got to file away and take with us maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's what I learned from working with Mickey is um, it's always important to have, you know, the creative part of it, but yep. having the business side of it. So I ended up hiring, he's our, our chief uh, product officer, which is um, Alejandro, who he came from J crew actually, and he ran men's at J crew. So he, and what was great about him is he took J crew men's from a $250 million business to a half a billion dollar business. Oh, wow. He's a fucking killer. He's a killer. And that's the piece that I, that's why I wanted to be like, it would have been nice to get from maybe 250 to maybe 350. But I was like, I was the one that was there from 225 to 250. And then we were, (laughs) you had to claw for every inch. Baby steps. So then then Alejandro blew the doors off. And for me, that was a a sign. Hey, can we do that again? Yeah. (laughs) But here, do that. So he's been working with me for about five, six years and he's incredible. You know, he's a, started actually, you know, went to Georgetown, started working at a J crew in, in Georgetown. And then he worked his way up and got into the buying office at J crew. And then he excelled, you know, excelled pretty quickly there. And then, you know, I, I cherry picked him and he's, he's incredible. So, and then I've got other people on my team that are great. Right. Um, you guys know Tyler from, from Ralph. Um, awesome. And he better sign his ass. Yeah. Better get, he's, that, get that ink dry. Now, yeah. uh, he's great. And then I've picked up um, another guy, uh, Keith George, who used to be a gap um, in operations and uh, finance. And then um, he was at Gilt running all of merchandising uh, for a bit back when they were parking bond and doing you know amazing yeah. things. So you're filling out the roster. You're getting the yeah. roster fucking tight. That starting five is unimpeachable. It's the That's tune squad. You got to sh- shout out the exactly. homie. These are the homies that, that make the magic happen behind the scenes, right? Right. Todd, you're, you're the face, you're the name, but like He's these are the, the guys that make yeah. the shit run on, you know, the trains run on time. We got the handsome face doing the only podcast that matters. Then we got the fucking (laughs) real brains in the back fucking, you know. Well, Todd, I I mean, I know that uh, these people have been delegated to run, to kind of run the show so that you can keep, you know, your eye on the prize. Um, But I know seeing, just talking to you uh, over the last hour, I know that you are so tapped in. So I, I have to imagine you know the answer. What is the best performing Todd Snyder piece? Best performing Todd Snyder piece. Um, it is not the suits. <laughs> yeah. Currently, currently not the suits. 
it is actually um, best performing piece year over year is our um, pocket sweatshirt from champion. Oh, okay. That's the one year over year on the, on the flip side of it, putting tuxedos and suiting aside. What's the worst performing piece? Yeah. We don't have a lot of those. Um, (laughs) Good, good problem. The good problem. Good answer. (laughs) Uh, I would say, um, you know, the worst performing pieces right now are just anything that's still kind of in that, you know, more more tailored side of things. Um, But we're seeing, we're seeing anything new. It, it just sells through. I, we're really, it's, it's, we're kind of in this weird zone right now that I fire. Think we're getting discovered right. and yeah. a lot of you're people, heating up, we're heating up, but it, it's a, it's a good problem. I mean, and I, there's not a lot of competition right now. I think that's definitely helping us. You know, it's uh, you either have high fashion, which is, you know, the Gucci, the, the Dior's, Loewe, right. They're super expensive, but they're really niche. Um, and you know, Tom Brown and right. a lot of guys are buying that. And and then you've got, you know, Jake Carew isn't what it used to be. And there's really nobody in between. You know, there's not a like you have high fashion and you have fast fashion, but there's that middle ground that like you are currently occupying and taking advantage of because the shit like you're just providing the shit that people want. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the big thing with uh, American Eagle and, and my boss, um, Chad Kessler, he uh, actually used to be at, at Abercrombie back in the day. And he, he's come to us and said, you know, Hey, look, there's huge white space here. You, you need to jump on it. And there's right. and true. I mean, there's just, so we're, we're just trying not to fuck it up. Just probably <laughs> Right. That's, that's great advice. That's, right. that's the director from all. American Eagle HQ. Don't yeah. fuck this up, Todd. <laughs> Don't fuck it up, Todd. Um, what's something, uh, and here's like the third question in this section. What is the, what is something that sells really well that maybe would surprise people? What's like the sleeper Todd Snyder special? I think the thing right now it, it's blowing me away is this sweater polo. And it's almost like this 50. Huh. Yeah. A knit, like a knit polo. Well, I guess all polos are knit, but yeah. 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 But this has like fashioning, which kind of makes that kind of qualifies as a, as a, as like, a this is like a rat pack by the pool vibe. Exactly. This is yeah. definitely that. Damn. That, that looks it's um it's great for summer with some shorts and some loafers. Come on, boys, let's go. Exactly. We the rock wore one uh recently and Dwayne, was, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, yeah. What's what size is he? <laughs> he you know, well now he's a little bigger. Um he you don't he, say uh, <laughs> his name is The Rock. <laughs> he might be the rocks now. I don't yeah, right. He is the he's boulder. A, he's a jetty. Yeah. Is that double XL? He's a double XL, but he, you know, he still fills it out, but nobody, nobody looks as nobody fills it out like the rock. That's for damn sure. No. So whenever he posts it, it's just, okay, sure. Blows the doors off of things. So I I definitely have to, Alaria Urbanati is his stylist and um, she's always getting stuff on him of ours. And that, that usually makes a, a bestseller, but that that's been this whole kind of fifties retro kind of rockabilly thing is a, is a thing happening right now. This whole sure. kind of like bowling shirts and yeah. And Camp uh, collars, bowling shirts, knit those knit polos. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's, that's the big trend right now. And then yeah. I think that for a lot of people surprises people, but they're very wearable. I mean, you you wear it your own way. Like oh, you yeah. said, 
them with shorts. You can wear them with a suit. You can wear them with a pair of trousers. It's And it makes guys like feel like sexy. Like that's really what it is, right? Like the stuff you feel good about yourself. You're confident. And then yeah, yeah. any chance I get to put cashmere on my nipples, you better believe I'm taking it. (laughs) Well, you mentioned the rock and obviously he's like one of the most, I mean, he might fucking be president one day, right? He's like one of the most uh, positively perceived people on the planet. Big approval Um, rating. He, he is for sure. Like, you know, a legend in his own right. Uh, But just generally speaking, do you care if celebrities wear your shit? I mean, it might move the needle, but like, does that do anything? Does that like move your needle? If you know what I mean? Like, does that, uh, what does that do for you? Um, It's definitely, I think it's a, it's a proud moment, especially for the team. I think they really, it it does kind of validify kind of what we're doing um, or validate what we're doing. I think it's, um, uh, you know, I, I don't look for it as being kind of, I, I remember when I started, it was always about getting, you know, we got to get into Bergdorf's and we were fortunate mm-hmm. enough to be exclusive of Bergdorf's and Neiman's. And then it was like, how do we get on the cover of GQ? And we were lucky enough to get on GQ and all of those things. And I always thought like, okay, now we made it. And they're like, Oh no, we haven't. <laughs> it just was never enough volume. And it is nice. I mean, I've gotten to know, you know, quite a few, you know, celebrities and it's, it's really awesome that they're willing to wear your stuff, but it doesn't make the brand. It, it really, right. um, it's awesome. I'm always super complimented. And I, I think menswear is just slightly different than women's wear where, you know, they spend every waking moment to, to do red carpet. And, you know, how many times do you, Hey, what are you wearing to the guy? They never do. You know, so even if he is wearing, you know, a Todd Snyder tuxedo, it doesn't move the needle that much. I mean, The Rock definitely, whenever he wears a style within a day, it's sold out. Right. Um, and that's definitely put us on the map. I mean, I think our biggest like gets now is like we get LeBron James wears our stuff and then we get the King. And my favorite now is uh, Ben Simmons. Um, oh, sure. And Ben is a huge fan. And pays retail, which, which you love. <laughs> wow. You're not that's, putting, that's you're not giving him on flow team. Yeah. And, you know, he never, it's he, I didn't, we didn't know he was wearing the stuff. And then all yeah. of a sudden we're seeing his Instagram feed. We're like, Holy shit. And then, and then yeah. he just contained, he loves the brand. And um, Todd, I mean, you could trade him for some, for some, you know, courtside tickets, some courtside seats. Yeah. I'll, do a game worn jersey, please, and uh, <laughs> or uh, yeah. trade trade some knit polos with the Rock for like a signature the Rock workout. There you go. Jeez, oh, <laughs> yeah. try to put yourself through one of that. training sessions. Is there yeah. is there a celebrity that you would love to see your shit, or is it are those really like uh, wearing your shit, or is it really just all like uh, Hoopers, LeBron, obviously the goat, and then like guys like the Rock that just move the needle? Um, we get a lot of people wearing our stuff. I mean, I've been really fortunate. So, um, who do you, you want know, to see it though? Like Joe Biden, fucking <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I would Elon have, Musk. <laughs> I I would have loved to have Joe wear ours, but he wore Ralph. So I have oh, okay, sure, right, yeah. You know, he's, got, he's maybe, got the maybe the next so. one. Yeah. But um, no, we're we're I'm fortunate that we've gotten a lot of amazing celebs wearing yeah. ours. You yeah. know, and um, I could never, you know. It's all a blessing. It's all a blessing. It's always just, it's gravy. If I, if I would say anything, yeah. it's, it's, it's house it's, money at the end of the day, it's, brag, I, it's bragging rights. And you might sell a couple extra polos, you know? Yeah. You might sell a couple extra polos, but it's also just like one of those, I like watching movies and I like, you know, seeing, I think probably my favorite now, if I could dress somebody would probably be 
you know, Timothy Chalamet. Oh, right. Of course. Everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, Ryan Gosling's, you know, we actually got, I remember this was about five, six years ago. I remember my guy who was running, you know, our website was like, Ryan Gosling just ordered. (laughs) (laughs) His address is. Yeah. Right. I think we probably have it, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get his email. Yeah. But he genuinely ordered. So it's like, we get a lot of really cool um, guys. Fan. They're like fans of the brand. Yeah. And, you know, again, indirectly, actually one of the cooler ones was we were watching uh, Amy Schumer's uh, show and her husband um, buys a lot of our stuff. Okay. And I actually Mr. looked up on, on, on Shopify and I'm like, holy shit, he's actually, he's probably one of our top 100 customers. Oh, he's like a VIP. Like, or yeah, like a... Yeah. Buys a lot. Like I was watching, it was the one where she's giving birth. I think it's like giving birth or something. And, um, he he was wearing a bunch of our stuff throughout the show. I'm like, Holy shit. And then, Oh, so it's not her real husband. It's the guy who plays her husband. No, no, it's a real husband. Oh, it's a real husband. Okay. I've never documentary on her giving birth. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. it. And so he was wearing Todd Snyder when his child was born. I, whole thing. He's like, yo, I need, I need, an, I need another polo. I got some afterbirth on the collar here. Yeah, right. Right <laughs> she got a little zone. messy as it, as, it, as it does, you know, Todd, I want to bring it off celebrities and uh, back to you. What is your personal all time grail? What's the one John that you've never been able to purchase just yet? Maybe it's your 1001st champion piece. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? I would have to say it's probably a watch. Uh, oh, yeah. Daytona? Yeah. No, I, I could never afford that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, the one I can kind of reach hopefully someday is a, um, uh, Explorer two, um, mm. Steve McQueen kind of style or yeah. it's beautiful. They retail for 20, anywhere from 20 to 30, depending on the condition. We actually have one at our store in Madison that, that Hodinkee, Right. You need us. the you need to get the employee discount. And <laughs> you borrow it for referencing? Yeah, reference purposes. Trust me, I've I, <laughs> the reason why I I bought it from Hodinkee was because I wanted it in the store. So that's like the cherry in the store that everybody yeah. looks at. Right, right, right. A what benev- year is, a benevolent what year ruler? It? You're just a benevolent ruler, right? You can't yeah. you, you just a, can't keep it for yourself. It's a seventy two. Seventy two. And um, it, it's with papers and box. It's, wow. Okay. 27k and the reason why i bought it from Hodinkee was because i want to buy it but i'm like you know yeah it's haunting you i'm hoping no one ever buys it because i'm like if someone buys this i'm gonna be so pissed (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully none of your many celebrity fans are listening to this podcast because i'm sure they're like oh done say less yeah easy (laughs) wayne if you're listening that would look great in the oval office all i'm saying (laughs) um another you know, a thing that is, is, you know, widely known about Todd Snyder, the brand and Todd Snyder, the man is you've always been a mainstay at New York fashion week. And now that we're going to see it come back this fall, do you have any grand plans for your return to the runway? That's a really good question. Um, Thank you. I, <laughs> Besides I, inviting I us to sit front row. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we better get some front row tickets yeah. after this. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'll get you front row and you guys will be on the return side. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to do something special for, and that I think fashion week for us, will start in February. Um, okay. and we'll do something, we'll do something special. We, we, I got a couple things, um, on the back burner, some new collabs that we're working on that are, I think, uh, 
really helped. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, Any hints you can, uh, yeah. you know, just can you drop play with the tail end of the episode here? You know? bombs? Um, the ladies might be happy. Ooh. Oh, okay. To the one woman listening, you might yeah, be happy. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think you're on the right <laughs> podcast to make that reveal. <laughs> um, I mean, Todd, like, uh, you know, kind of just going back to your resume once again, your, your list of accolades, like you've won a grip of awards over the years, like the CFDA Swarovski award for menswear GQ's best new menswear designer, uh, CFDA Vogue fashion finalist. And we're not, we're not here to disparage those awards. We're not here to call them cursed, but many a brand that have won those have died enough that could fill Greenwood cemetery. Why do you think Todd Snyder was able to both win these critical, these, you know, critics awards and these accolades, but also remain in business? To another very good question. Um, you. you got a lot of them. <laughs> um, only a few more. Yeah. Well, the good news is, is that I, I, and thank you for, you know, some of those I did win, um, but the good news is I didn't win a CFDA, which is probably the reason why I'm still in business. Um, um, but being considered for it is, I know it sounds cliche, but being considered is actually worth its weight. And, in, because in, it, the people that are, that know about it. I mean, obviously, you know, my customer doesn't know anything about it's an industry thing. Yeah. It's an industry thing and it opens a lot of doors for you. So, you know, when you're starting out on your own and you're trying to build momentum and getting like a GQ to notice you and then getting, you know, Anna Wintour to know who you are, I can, you know, pick up the phone and, and literally call, you know, anybody on the CFDA and say, Hey, Todd Snyder, you know, can you help me? And in right. fact, I did do that when I was starting up. So getting the Vogue fashion fund, um, gets you, you know, most people don't know who you are. And so it kind of gets you known with that, that immediate group that can really change things. You know, Reed Krakow was a, a good mentor for me. He was the head of coach for a long time and, and brought it into what it is. And recently he did, um, the, um, the Tiffany's, um, kind of relaunch mm -hmm. and rebranding and he just killed it with that. So I was able to work with great people. And because of that, you know, that really got me to where I am today. I was right. able to leverage people that had already been through the path and, and could kind of open doors for me, whether it's, you know, getting a great photographer, whether it's, you know, working, I got to work with like Trey Laird, who's amazing, um, uh, creative agency and, and got to work with some great, photographers because really at the end of the day like when you're creating it's kind of the same way in the business side of things is surrounding yourself with amazing people and you know for me i'm super fortunate because you know jim moore i don't know if you know this but jim moore used to you know he's still the creative director at large at gq but he was gq he is gq right and he works he and i work together on the on the todd snyder brand so he's done all my fashion shows he's oh done, he like styles the shows he styles the shows and he styles all of our, um, our on figure looks and our kind of our campaigns and stuff. So he and I've been working together for the last four years and he's, he's a game changer for me because he's really allowed me to do things that I, you know, I may not have felt comfortable with, but mm. for him to say, no, you should do this. This is cool. You, you, you have the right to do it. He kind of gives you that license, which is, which is really amazing, but kind of just, Again, networking, getting to know creatives is really, it's really what it's about because there's so many different points of view that you can leverage, whether it's a great photographer, a great stylist, you know, great art director, all of those things are really important. I'm really good at designing clothes, right? but you need all of yeah. those other pieces to bring it to life and to, to make you it great. You know your strengths, you know, so, so these awards, you have a problem is the first step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these awards aren't like the 
end goal, yeah. right? It seems like they are more of an enabler, right? That open the doors. And just because you won these awards, you shouldn't just sit back on your laurels and fucking pat yourself on the back. And, you know, I think that's important for any aspiring designer, like just because people fucking, just because you hit, uh, you know, just because you're verified on Instagram doesn't mean you fucking, you know, can, can uh, run a viable business. And as an OG veteran at this point in the menswear game, and I guess soon to be women's wear, what advice would you give to any aspiring designers out there to all 18 million listening? <laughs> um, it, that it, wasn't it. That wasn't a joke. It's eighteen million. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fact check those numbers, please. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. Um, I, I do talk to a lot of people, and and I am a mentor um, to a lot of you know younger kids coming up, and we do a scholarship uh, every year with um, Iowa State, where I'm from, and actually we're doing an, another scholarship um, next year with a. Uh, historic black college as well. Yeah. And, yeah HBCUs, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're actually doing some stuff up in, um, in the Bronx too. We have, you know, working with some, some kids on mentorship and stuff like that. So it's a, re- yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, the whole thing last year just kind of moved me the whole, you know, black lives matter and, and just everything that happened last year, just kind of like, I have to do my part and being, for sure. And being an owner of a business, I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> you know, I can, yeah. And so I'm, I'm always opening doors for people to you know, either go work somewhere else. I did it with Iowa state since I left and I've probably hired half my team. I would probably say half my design team is from Iowa from Iowa. Oh, wow. And um, down heroes. Yeah. You're like the yeah. slipknot of menswear. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so for me, it was always, it's important, you know, especially being somewhat established and being older is like making sure, you know, not to just, give back, but it helps me too, to get the energy from them. Like, mm-hmm. they, like if knowing they know what's cooler than I do because they're, they're in that zone right now. So for me, it's really important. So, you know, it is a bit, you know, serves a purpose, but at the same time, giving somebody an opportunity to make a difference in their life is, is incredible. And that, that for me is, makes me feel good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things that, um, you know, coming up in the industry and, and getting to work with some great people like Mickey Drexler and, and Ralph from working for Ralph. Um, I learned a lot and I learned the power of working with great people and what that can do. And I think my biggest advice is just learn as much as you can. Sure. Um, I mean, I didn't start my own business until I was 40 and um, it, it took a lot. I mean, and thank God I knew all the things I knew because what I was saying to you guys before, it's like, God, if I only get bird doors to carry it, my life will be, it'll be, sure. yeah, yeah. Oh wait, if I win this award, it'll be made. And it's, it, it, it's a, like a little blip on the radar. When you look at the you know total body of work that I've done, I'm like, it helped me open a door, but I had to then take advantage of it to open up another door, to open up another door. And, you know, Jim Moore came to me, you know, three years ago and was like, Hey, I'd love to work with you. And I was like, are you kidding? And literally Jim, Jim is the reason why I did this. Jim, I remember I was at J crew and he's like, you should do your own thing. And I'm like, huh, what are you talking about? He's like, you, what I'm seeing right now is really good. And I think you need to be an American menswear designer. And I'm like, wow. And I remember running into him cause he was still, he still is a God, but back then he was like, it was like, he is the Anna Wintour of, of menswear. Right. And he walks all of the shows, um, the project shows in Vegas and literally he'll walk up and down the aisles, just trying to see who the next brand is going to be. 
And I remember I was there and he was walking up and I'm like, oh shit. I had brought my duffel bag because I was there with another brand um, that I had started called Tailgate Clothing Company, which is just college t-shirts and uh, it's a really cool brand. Um, uh, American Eagle actually has it underneath their umbrella right now. And um, I was there in the booth and this is before American Eagle bought us, obviously. And probably 2000. Nine, ten. I was there with a bag, a duffel bag full of samples that I had made in my collection. And Jim's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And, uh, and I say, "I have my, I'm ready, you know, and and uh, I have some samples I want to show you." So he was like, wanted to see every single piece in there. He had one of his, you know, his kind of entourage try stuff on. And he's like, this is amazing. He's like, Todd, you got to do this now. He's like, you're, you're ready. You're, you need to start doing your own collection. And then he gave me that, you know, that runway. And then he supported me in, in GQ by, you know, pulling our stuff all the time and putting it on, you know, we made the cover a couple of times and we got some great things. And that led to us then, oh, wow. Nordstrom wanted to pick us up and then, oh, wow. You know, um, the whole thing started snowballing, but I er learned early on, this would be the one thing I think I would give everyone advice, direct to consumer. You got yeah. <laughs> <Direct Yep>. consumer. <laughs> right. it. Direct to consumer. late bloomer. Going, right? He's so, just yeah. been fact finding for a long time and he has come away with the number one fact is yeah, DTC. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, direct, direct That's where our consumer. pot is. That's, this is right to your fucking ear holes if you're listening to this right now. So <laughs> That's the yeah. closest you can get to direct. Yeah, that's as direct yeah. as you can be. I mean, Todd, like, uh, you know, you, you have the left brain, you have the right brain, um, the creative, the business. Um, but let's talk about the bigger context, which is that we are about to enter the horniest summer of all time. So as a professional Johnsman, what should guys be wearing this summer to maximize their sex having potential? Yeah, we need the keys. Well, this is always, and this is the big reason. You have, why. you have three kids, right? So you're a confirmed sex haver. Yeah, you've had sex three times, so you know. Exactly three times. I've only <laughs> three times. Man, uh, shooting up a thousand percent from the field. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, ghost, I, ghost is three for three from the free throw yeah. line. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, uh, you know, that was a big reason why I got into fashion to begin with. I mean, I was always, uh, my secret sauce was always being the best dressed guy. That was always, Ooh. if you're the best dressed guy, and that doesn't us mean us too. You're, yeah. If you're not, you're not wearing tuxedos everywhere you go, but you, <laughs> no, but that would be, but you could, <laughs> you absolutely could. You you're in the park, you're in the park with a, for a kickback, just in a fucking tux. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. But a pool party just full entails. <laughs> exactly. But that is, that is um, the secret of success. I think I, I've always told this to people, you know, gay or straight, if you want to get laid, if you're the best dressed, it, it's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Ooh, um, there it is. So, all right. Always, always look your best. Always look your best. Always you look your best. Go. Make a fucking effort, boys and girls. You heard it from uh, the goat himself. Todd, you've you've been killing it for 10 years. It sounds like you're going to be killing it for at least another 10, if not 1,000. Um, Lawrence and I, you know, thanks for coming on the only podcast that matters. And you're, you're doing amazing, obviously, but we want to see you do even better, right? So maybe as you're putting together your rig for the next 10 years, you can include this constructive criticism that we're going to bequeath upon you. Take it or leave it. Um, highly suggest you take it. Uh, first up, this is a layup. This is an, this is a doozy. This is you're a layup for of, Ghost. You're the yeah. king of collabs. Yeah, this is this is Ghost. Just you know, reverse. This is a given Ghost. Um, slashing the hoop, just you know, from the corner, lace. 
throwing fits x todd snyder collaboration this is for business bro we print money are you kidding me yeah this is just the appetizer the amuse bouche for you know we could do a full collection maybe you want to do like a microphone and like a signature you know todd snyder green yeah we could do a microphone i have i have i do have a microphone but oh (laughs) all right wow step one professional yeah maybe that's a reference piece that's a reference piece Here's here's another piece of uh, constructive criticism. Um, so runway shows are back. We established that you're obviously looking to not just dip your toe back in the pool, but fucking cannonball into the shallow end. Um, what about me and James? A little stunt casting. We could. We're maybe we're sitting front row, but maybe we're closing out the show. We are not obviously the most physically attractive guys, but we're very smart. And we do put asses in seats and all press is good press. So when people are shitting over your terrible decision making, they'll still be talking about you. That's that's not a bad idea. We we did start selling uh, tickets our, our last show. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we sold we sold out. Um, Amex, uh, we partnered with them and we were actually selling tickets to our show. Holy what shit. If, uh, what that's if when you know it's a, a fucking spectacle and that's people a are willing stream. to fucking, yeah, buy fucking ticks. What yeah. if instead of models walking down the runway, it's just me and Lawrence talking for two hours. We'll narrate the whole thing. <laughs> we could do a live podcast. Yeah. We could do a lot, man. Yeah, we could get, you know, Gigi Hadid or something to like maybe be, you know, part of Ooh, your- I love <laughs> that. She's Her, cool. Zane. Yeah, whichever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever you need. Uh, you know, but we're, Bella, basically, yeah. we're available moving yes. forward, Todd, for the next 10 years. If we're not free, dead, you could always not, call on the goddamn motherfucking Yeah, if we're not dead Todd. for your 10-year uh, anniversary, 11-year anniversary, bang yeah. our line. Todd, yeah. thank you for coming on to the only podcast that matters. Uh, plug your shit. We got the Jack Purcell collab. What else do you want to throw out there? Where can the kids yeah. follow you? What should they be paying attention to? Yeah. Yeah, Instagram for us, it's everything that's coming down the pike. Um, there's a lot of really cool things. This fall is going to be a fun one. We've got L.O. Bean. Bean um, number two coming out this uh, this fall, which is going to be yeah. big budget. Just, we, we bought like four times as much this year. So hopefully we don't sell out in, in three days. But um, we're hopeful that, that I think people are going to love it. There's some really incredible things like incredible like it's i just Next started level shit and by the way i i i could dunk just for those uh <laughs> oh wow you could Still. dunk. you can no longer dunk but you could no i i could how tall are you todd i i'm six three okay wow. all right you got it strong too when, when you collaborate with um with nike put some like some moon bounce yeah or something some, some lifts some rise some new tech so that you can start dunking again that yeah. would be nice. That would be nice. I'd have, probably have to get new knees at the same time. <laughs> you can collab on some new knees. <laughs> All right, Todd. Um, thank you Instagram for coming. Instagram is Todd Snyder NY. We just want to get that out there because I don't think you mentioned it, right? No, I did not. Todd Snyder NY. Instagram. That's there it is. All right, Todd. Thank you for coming on to the only podcast. <laughs> thank you, Todd. Appreciate your time, man. Jeff, hit that motherfucking outro music. Bitch, I go so hard. She said my leather so soft, my top so soft. I probably have it all. These niggas so soft, and I go so hard. Bitch, I go so hard. Yeah, look, I get money, ho. Fuck what you talking about? Straight out the slaughterhouse, straight out the dragon's mouth. Fire you can't put out. Tires are standing out. The coop look pigeon toe. I be in the different mode. I be with them different hoes. No, I mean them different hoes. I mean them we see bumper clot different hoes. 
And as far as terrific goals, they kiss that dick with no mistletoes. Diamonds and pearls and pussy hoes. Snortin' coke till they nosebleed. I'm sitting high on them inches, I'm in the nosebleed. I'm on a paper chase until my toes bleed. Then I get on these beats and let my soul bleed. I put them in your head and watch the hoes bleed. My rag always red like when them hoes bleed. Now that's cold bleed. No, I mean cold blooded. And I'm so southern. That's why my, my leather's so soft. soft. My top's so soft. I probably have it all. These niggas so soft. And I go so hard.